Good morning, everyone. Happy Easter to you, because he lives. What, what a wonderful way to begin our Easter celebration, and we welcome you here today. We're glad that you're here and hope that God's going to bless you in a very special way. God is, is sure to do that, because that's the way God is. 
We welcome our guests especially today, and you're very important to us, and we're glad that you're with us today, and we want to invite you to come back uh, soon and often and be a part of us here at Community Baptist Church as we worship God and as we serve God together. Let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to take those and fill fill them out so we can have a record of your attendance with us this morning. And especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter, please put your email address on there and we'll put you on the list uh, to receive that. That's a great way to keep up with the activities that are going on here at Community Baptist Church. And speaking of activities going on, we have several things that are happening I'd like to call your, to your attention. First of all, the uh, Kentucky Baptist Fellowship Spring Gathering is coming up on April the 24th and 25th, and that will be in Danville, Kentucky. And any of you are welcome to go and are encouraged to go. Uh, you can register online at kybf.org, and uh, that's in your bulletin there. You can take that home and go online and register online for that. It's always a good opportunity to find out what's going on with uh, Kentucky Baptist Fellowship. Also, uh, we are signing up for our Extreme Build. There's a sign-up sheet on the table as you, uh, as you leave here. Uh, that will be on June the 7th and the 13th. And if you don't know what Extreme Build is... We will take a group of people, we'll leave after church on Sunday afternoon after worship service, and we'll go to McCreary County in eastern Kentucky, and in one week's period of time, we will be meeting a bunch of uh, other volunteers from around Kentucky, and in one week's period of time, we will, be, we will build a house. Uh, when we get there, there will probably be the, the, the footings and maybe some frame, and then we'll go to work, and by the next Saturday, we're handing the keys to the new owners. And so it's really remarkable to see this happen, and it's, a, it's very fulfilling. So we encourage you to come and be a part of that. And if you'd like to come, please sign up over here. And um, you can go for the whole week, or you can go for a day or two or three, however many you want. But please put the days that you will be there on there so we can make uh, arrangements for uh, the proper hotel arrangements there. Also, uh, as you notice in your bulletin, we are receiving our Easter offering today. This is going towards the principle of our debt. We usually do this on on the fifth Sundays, which was last week, but we thought, well, since it's so close to Easter, let's put it off a week and just do it on Easter Sunday. So we're having a a special uh, uh, Easter offering today that will go towards the debt on our building, and uh, thank you for your generous contributions to that. Uh, just put on your check or your envelope that it's for principal reduction, and we would appreciate it. And this, of course, is a, over and beyond your regular tithe because we've got to pay the other bills too, and we, we would appreciate that. Uh, this is spring break, and since it is spring break, we will not be having any Wednesday activities. We recognize that a lot of people are out of town or heading out of town, so we won't be having any Wednesday activities um, this week. And so we'll regather again on Sunday. Uh, to worship our God again. Uh, So let's continue our worship service now, and uh, by having a video, I want to have a little video about Easter. Uh, We are Easter people.
Why do we as Christians talk so much about Jesus' death? Everywhere we look in churches, around people's necks, everywhere, death seems to be yelling at us. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill made low. Comfort, oh comfort my people, says your God. Why do we talk so much about death as Christians? You know he really lived a good life. Yeah, he sure did. Is the world ultimately a cold place? Does death really have the last word? death does have the last word. Perhaps despair is the best response in a world filled with fear and corruption. Light seems to be squeezed out by the darkness. It's easy to be cynical in a world filled with death. Sometimes it seems we relish being cynical about death. But Christ doesn't speak so much about death. God only allows three days of such talk. Now, in Mark's Gospel, Christ tells his followers three times, I must die. But he speaks ten times about his resurrection. You see, Easter is Christ reminding us that God hasn't given up on us. The world matters. We matter. And uh, the violence, cynicism, hatred, and oppression, those things will not prevail and they cannot last. And just when you think it's over and lost, just when you think it can't possibly be put back together, hold on. Because God is doing a new thing. Renewing, regenerating, reintroducing, restarting, and restoring. Death isn't allowed in. Who is allowed in? Who is allowed to be renewed, restarted, and restored? We are. Even us. The same people we transform. Can you believe it? Resurrection. That God says that uh, when the, the, the greed and oppression and cruelty that you see and witness all around you seems like it's going to win, it is right then that resurrection occurs. And God wins. Christ wins. Resurrection. Easter people. And God says to live like Easter people. People that know that death does not have the last word. People that live on this side of the resurrection. We are Easter people. We are Easter people. Oh,
Happy Easter, Easter people. Is Easter something to celebrate or what? We are Easter people. Let's stand and greet each other in the name of God. It is good to share the love of God and the fellowship of God's Spirit with one another. Please pray with me. O loving, powerful God, joy floods over our souls on this day. Christ is risen. Fear is vanquished. And so we pray that you would open our hearts and our spirits so that we may receive fully the joy which has been given for us. Let us celebrate the victory of Christ and the, and the hope for the future. Almighty God, Lord, the giver of life, in the joy of this Easter morning, we may see ourselves new in the freshness of resurrection. Help us to open our reluctant spirits to the good news of this day so that they may be sustained with our response of gratitude and praise. Strengthen us, O oh God, to live a holy life. May we learn again to walk with eager steps as those who have been, been healed, those who have heard the shouts of victory, as those who look to the day when Every worldly care will dissolve around us. Every selfish concern will be crowded out by your presence. Enter into our prayers, O oh God, so that we will speak as people of your resurrection with hope and expectation 
and yet keep our concerns worthy of your calling. Make us ready to act upon your words in the praise of God and in the love of people through Jesus Christ, our risen and redemptive Lord, we pray. Amen. Our responsive reading today is Alleluia. Please join me in the responsive reading. Christ is risen. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Jesus has come that we may have life and have it to the fullest. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. He is risen indeed. God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. He is risen indeed. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed.
Acts 10, verses 34 through 43. Then Peter began to speak to them, I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John announced, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did, both in Judea and Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Children, meet me down here. Morning, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to have to help me this morning because I'm a little confused, okay? I stay confused a lot. Um, and, and, I, and I'm confused because I, I started cooking. I don't cook. These guys know I don't cook. I live by myself, so I don't have to cook. And, and so I made these rolls. I found a recipe on Facebook, and they're called Easter Rolls. And I can't figure out why they were named the Easter Rolls. I, I, I don't know why. Because why? See, they're called, e- they're called Easter Rolls. I, I don't know. I took crescent rolls. I followed the recipe exactly as it said. I took a crescent roll. You know what a crescent roll is? That little thing that's wrapped up? And it said to take the whole triangle of crescent rolls and put a marshmallow in the middle and then wrap this roll around the marshmallow and then dip it in butter and cinnamon sugar and put it in the oven, which is, which is what I did. And it came, out looking, it came out looking like this. So I, I'm not sure. What, try one? Okay, here, try one. <laughs> She's not going to try one. You want me to try one? Okay, okay, I'll try try one. Okay. Well, that's weird. I, I filled it before I baked it. But now it's empty. That's weird. It's on the, it's, well, uh, let's try another one. You want to try another one? Okay. We'll try another one. Somebody else want to open one of these? You open one. Grace is This one's empty too. 
in the oven and now it's now it's empty do you think maybe that's why they call them Easter rolls because they remind us that we put Jesus in the tomb on Good Friday after Jesus died we put Jesus in the tomb and on Easter Sunday morning when the women came to finish preparing his body for burial The tomb was empty. Christ has risen. That's why we celebrate Easter. Because, thank you. Did you hear that, y'all? They're good. (laughs) Christ has risen. And these rules remind us that the tomb was empty. So, happy Easter. The tomb was empty. Christ is risen. Happy Easter, y'all. Let's pray together. God, we put your son in the tomb on Friday when we killed him and, uh, and he died. We put him in the tomb. And then when the women went to finish preparing him for burial. The tomb was empty. You raised him so that we might have life. Thank you. Amen. Stand and sing.
with me, please? We thank you that Easter is not about a people, but all people. That your love and your salvation are for all who confess with voices, hearts, and lives. That the tomb is empty because Jesus is risen. That we might know forgiveness, that lives might be reborn, and your name be glorified now and for eternity. It is with this in mind that we bring to you and your church these gifts of love. Take it and use it for your kingdom and your glory. May it be a great blessing to many. In Jesus' name, amen.
are here to celebrate resurrection. And what a glorious day it is, what a glorious celebration it is to share this time together and to, uh, and to remember what Christ has done for us. And it's a time to be excited. It's a time to, to celebrate. It's a, it's a time for excitement. I, Dr. John Trent tells a story about a wedding video that he saw uh, not too long ago. And the video was shot from the back of the, co- of the church looking down the center aisle towards the, the bride and groom who were standing at the front. And because of the camera angle, you could see several members of the congregation kind of up towards the front. But, but then something very unusual happened. Because, you see, just as the couple were finishing their vows, a man about two or three rows back in the front suddenly jumped to his feet and pumped his fist into the air and yelled, Yes! 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 And then he froze and kind of slid back into his seat and sheepishly sheepishly took the earpiece out of his ear. It turns out that he had been listening to the Auburn-Alabama football game and his favorite team had just scored. Well, my friends, Easter is indeed a day for for we Christians to jump to our feet and to pump our fists into the air and say, yes, yes, yes. Because yes is what Easter is all about. It is God's yes to humanity as God grants to us the gift of immortality. It is God's yes to Jesus and to all that Jesus taught us about the meaning of life. It is God's yes to the victory of life over death, the victory of love over hatred, the victory of faith over fear and hope over despair. Everything there is about Easter says to us, yes, yes, yes. I read a cute little story recently about a six-year-old boy named David who was taking a walk with his grandmother one day, and they decided to take a detour through the cemetery, and they stopped to read some of the, the tombstones along the way, and Grandma explained to David that the first date on the tombstone was the day that the person was born, and the second date was the day that the person died. And and so David asked, well, why do some of the tombstones have only one date on them? And Grandma said, well, it's because those people haven't died yet. Well, David was kind of surprised by this comment, and he said, you mean there are some people buried in this cemetery who aren't even dead yet? (laughs) Leave it to a six-year-old to put a different twist on things. But Easter puts the grandest twist to the story of all. Because, my friends, Easter tells us that there are people who are buried in that cemetery, people who are in Christ Jesus, and they're not dead at all. They have simply exchanged their worn-out or hopelessly damaged physical body for a perfect new spiritual body that will last them for all eternity. And what can we say to that but yes? You know the basic story. The details of the story vary according to which gospel you're reading, but the gist of it is that 
early on Sunday morning after Jesus' crucifixion, some of the women who loved him went down to the tomb where his body was. And when they got there, they found that the large stone covering the tomb had been rolled away. His body was gone. And later, the risen Christ appeared to his followers on many occasions, beginning that very morning with Mary Magdalene on Easter Sunday. Then a little bit later on, the apostle Peter preached a sermon. It's recorded in the book of Acts that Chris read just a few moments ago, and it described the episode like this. He said, we are witnesses of everything he did. They killed him by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him from the dead on the third day. He was not seen by all the people, but by those whom God chose to be his witnesses, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to, to testify that he, was, was, he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead, and all the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Well, folks, if that's not the gospel in the nutshell, I don't know what is. So let's look for a few moments at Peter's words here as we reflect on some of the ways that Easter is God's yes to all of humanity. First of all, this passage tells us that Easter is an act of God. It is an act of God. For you see, as Peter says, as Peter tells us, it was God who raised Jesus from the dead. God did that. So Easter is an act of God. You know, it always amuses me when I hear natural disasters sometimes referred to as acts of God. You've heard of that, haven't you? You know, floods or hurricanes or some act of pestilence. Sometimes they're called acts of, acts of God. And sometimes this language is even incorporated in, into legal documents like Insurance policies, you know, an insurance policy, this, this policy protects you against floods and storms and other acts of God, it may say. But folks, let me tell you something. That's not an act of God. These are acts of nature. When the atmosphere in the Atlantic Ocean gets agitated and the temperature of the water is just right, those natural conditions can cause a hurricane. And when the when there's a cold front coming down from the north and a warm front collides with it from the south, it can cause tornadoes. And that's an act of nature. It's, it's, it's not an act of God. But let me tell you this. When people who have the love of Jesus Christ in their hearts open their homes to those hurricane victims, or when people who have the love of God in their hearts go to that community that's been devastated by a tornado and they help those people rebuild their lives, that's an act of God. And of course, Easter is the ultimate act of God. Because it was on Easter that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And no human being can achieve immortality on their own. A lot of people have tried. But you know what? Can't be done. It's kind of like that the man who was observed <clears throat> running towards a, a large river and he reached the dock. He, 
as he reached the dock, he increased his speed. And when he came to the end of the dock, he threw himself out as high and as far as he possibly could before hitting the water about 10 feet from the, from the dock. And then as soon as he got, came to the surface, he swam back to the shore and he tried it again and again and again, over and over again. And then finally somebody asked him, man, what are you doing? And he said, well, a friend of mine bet me a million dollars to one that I can't jump across that river. And after thinking of those odds, I just couldn't help but try. Well, you know, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And that's the way it is with those who try to defeat death on their own. It's not going to happen. Because, friends, no one can work their way to immortality. No one can will it or earn it. There's only one way that a person who is truly dead can come back to life, and that is by an act of God. Pastor Craig Barnes compares our human struggles to that of a person pushing against a huge rock. Kind of like a, a stone, a, a stone kind of like the one that blocked the entrance to Jesus' tomb. And he writes that we've all been pushing against something for a long time. And we push hard. Maybe we've, maybe we've been pushing against a supervisor that, who's hard to satisfy. Maybe we've been pushing against the threat of, of having our job downsized. Or maybe we're pushing against a marriage that seems destined to end or maybe we're pushing against chronic pain or depression or loneliness or grief or against some other obstacle that stands between us and our dreams and we work so hard to save ourselves we push and we push and we push and in the end Barnes says in one of the worst ironies of life it seems that all that waits on the other side is death. But then we come into this room on Easter Sunday morning and we realize that the stone that we've been pushing against all this time has been rolled away. The stone of our own mortality the stone of our own inadequacy, the stone of our own impurity. On Easter Sunday, God has given us God's divine yes. And suddenly we have a new picture of our lives. Because you see, that supervisor that's been hassling you, he will not get the best of you. And the loss of that job will not destroy your life. And neither will the loss of a marriage or the loss of a dream or, or even your failing health. Because, folks, these tragedies, that, they come to all of us. They do not have the power to destroy us. Because in the Easter resurrection, God has given us God's yes. Indeed, Easter is an act of God. But secondly, Easter is also an act of grace. Because Easter tells us that God accepts us just the way we are. Not because of anything that we've done, but because of what Christ has done for us. In Peter's sermon, 
he links Christ's death and resurrection to the forgiveness of sins. He said God appointed Jesus as judge of the living and the dead. And all the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. My friends, Easter is an act of grace. We don't deserve to be delivered from the power of of the grave. Because think about it, we're all sinners. We are all imperfect. We are all flawed. We are all despoiled and, and messed up. And yet still, God loves us, even us, and invites us into God's eternal house. And that's what grace is all about. It is about love that is undeserved and unexpected. It is so wonderful when you see this kind of love in action. Back in April of 1995, Edie Smith lost her two small sons, Chase and Colton, in the bombing of the Murrah Federal Building in Oklahoma City. Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols set off a truck bomb that destroyed the, the whole front half of that building, including a daycare on the bottom floor. Killed 169 people, many of them children. Well, as you can imagine, Edie and her mother, Kathy Kathy Wilburn, were devastated by the loss of Chase and Colton. However, hatred and suffering did not have the last word in this family. Because you see, at the trial for for Terry Nichols, Kathy Wilburn, the grandmother of these, these murdered toddlers, Notice that Terry Nichols' mother and sister were sitting all by themselves in the courtroom. And people were boring holes through them with their eyes. They were bearing the brunt of hatred from the victims, from the public, from the media. And as a Christian... As a person who knows God's yes in her life, God's undeserved grace in her life, Kathy Wilburn knew what her responsibility was. So you know what she did? She befriended Terry Nichols' mother and sister. In fact, she even opened her home to them and offered them hospitality to these two women that she could very easily have hated. But folks, let me tell you something. That kind of love and forgiveness is possible in this world only because of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. For you see, Easter says that Christ has forgiven our sins, not because we deserve it, but simply because of God's great love for us. And so Easter is an act of God, and Easter is an act of grace. And then finally, Easter is a summons for each of us to live a life that is driven by gratitude. How can we help not being grateful for what God has done for us? My friends, we have received God's divine favor And God has rolled away the stones of our fear and our death and 
And now it's our turn to live as Easter people, celebrating. And to let our lives say yes to the people that we meet every day. After Jesus' crucifixion, man, I tell you what, those disciples, they were, they were messed up. Their lives, I mean, their whole lives were turned upside down. They were in a fog. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know where to go. They didn't know, they didn't know how to handle the death of their Savior. They felt that this crucifixion was the end of the story. It's, uh, it's been a fun three years, but now it's over. He's dead. But it wasn't over, was it? Because Christ's resurrection and later his appearances to them caused the mist to rise from their lives and to reveal the light of a beautiful new day. And that's the way it is for everyone who hears and believes the message of Easter. And I know that we all have our moments. We all have our times when we just seem to be in a fog of confusion. Some of you may have experienced these times recently. Maybe you've gotten bad news from a doctor or the potential loss of a job or the death of a loved one. All of these things can just throw our lives into a, into a fog of confusion. And it's so easy for us to look at the, at the negative experiences of life and just get stuck there in that fog of negativity and despair. But then Easter comes along and says to us, yes. No matter what hardship you face in your life, it will not ultimately win. Because Jesus Christ has died and has overcome death so that we too can put aside those hardships and begin to live our eternal life right now. That, my friends, is the victory of Easter. And that's something worth celebrating. Don't you think? Eugene Smith was a minister, and he never sang because, well, quite frankly, he didn't have much of a voice. And he couldn't read music very well. But on Easter Sunday, his daughter persuaded him to sing along with the choir while they, when it came time for that hallelujah chorus. And by the way, we're going to do this in a few minutes. And if you want to sing with the choir, you can come up and do that in a few minutes there. But his daughter persuaded him to come up and sing with the choir when they sang the hallelujah chorus. And he really kind of got caught up in the, in, in the song, and, and, and especially that last part when they were all singing all those hallelujah, 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 you know, all those hallelujahs there. In fact, he said that as they were singing all of those hallelujahs, he just kind of got carried away. He loved to sing those hallelujahs. And he was just about to sing a couple more when all of a sudden the choir stopped. And the director stopped, and the organ stopped, and the piano stopped. And he said, they all stopped too soon. He said, since that time, I've been going around with a couple of hallelujahs left inside of me just waiting to get out. Well, folks, that's a great way to live your life. With a couple of hallelujahs stuck inside you waiting to get out. It's kind of like that football fan at the wedding yes that's what life is like in the light of easter for you see easter is an act of god it's an act of grace 
And it is a summons for us to live a life that is driven by gratitude for what Christ has done. The fog has lifted. Christ has given us victory. And so it's my prayer for each of you today. Let us live our lives in the light of Christ's resurrection. Christ has risen. Let us celebrate. Amen. And now, let us celebrate with our closing hymn, the Hallelujah Chorus. You can join us as if you like. Come to the front. I think there's some there's some music here. You could join us in your light, and if you would like to, to join. And I hope that when we're done, that you too will have a couple of hallelujahs kind of stuck inside of you, just waiting to get out.
Let us stand for our benediction. Go from this place in celebration with, ho- with hallelujah stuck inside of you just waiting to get out because you have heard God's great plan of salvation for each of us today. Go in joy because the living Jesus has redeemed you. And go in trust and hope because the Holy Spirit guides you. Go in remembrance because this is the day of resurrection. Christ has risen. He has risen indeed. Amen.